Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome one and all to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. I got to tell you. I've been trying to come up with a top five for the week. We'll do it towards the end of the podcast. It's impossible. It really is because who's playing? Who's not playing? There's so many teams that are playing well. It's going to be very difficult for me to be able to narrow down this top five, I can tell you. But still, we're going to have a fun podcast here because there is a, there's so much to get into here because there were a ton of games last night, 11 games. First time in a while you've, we've had this many games where there were no postponements. So there was a lot going on last night, plenty of places to start. Um, we could start um, with the Rangers. They win 3 nothing over the San Jose Sharks. They split the four games out west. They'll finish up the five-game trip in Philadelphia tomorrow. I'll have the call with Dave Maloney. There are so many storylines to this. First of all, Chris Kreider is really emerging as just a flat-out star of this team. And we could talk about Zabanajad and Panarin, but the consistent guy and the more well-rounded player has been Chris Kreider, and I, and I think he should wear the C when it's all said and done. Two goals last night, a shorthanded goal, the first point he's ever had shorthanded because he's killing penalties. He's been a beast on the power play, leads the team in goals. He had six shots on goal, the most on the team last night, in a game they absolutely had to have. They lose last night. They could have killed Philly by 10 goals on Saturday. To walk away with just four points in a five-game road trip would have been tough. Now they could potentially walk away with six, and I think that was the turning point, and to be able to flat out outplay San Jose for the first two periods, withstand their barrage in the third period. Igor Shosturkin comes off of COVID. He's the other story, 127 minutes and 57 seconds without allowing a goal. And he has just been a difference maker on this team as well. It's a joke he's not going to the All-Star game. But Kreider is, and um, Fox is. Fox certainly deserves it, has a point last night. Zabanajad is the guy that's going to get voted in. So maybe I'll give him a break because he's just coming up for COVID, COVID protocol, but Shesterkin has been a beast on this team as well. The other story, Braden Schneider, another young defenseman the Rangers call up. What does he do? Scores a goal in his first NHL game. And this is the guy of all the young defensemen that we've seen come up, whether it's the Millers, whether it's the Lundquists, whether you know Hayek who's had a chance to play, they believe this could be the guy next to Fox that is going to be a dominant player for this team for years to come. The fact that he's even sharing the name with Shea Weber just tells you how good that this kid can be. Now, he doesn't have the shot Shea Weber has, although he did score last night from the point, but he doesn't have that that heavy beast shot that, that Shea Weber has. He's probably more of a defensive defenseman. But if you've got Fox on the offensive side and then you've got this kid on the defensive side, hey, it's only one game but he was the 19th overall pick in 2020. They think he's going to be a star on this team, and you win up the middle, right? Center, defenseman, goaltender. They got the goaltender. They're loaded with young defensemen. If they can just kind of figure out the center position, which they're starting to, if Heedle can kind of come around, he's playing wing right now because of the COVID situation. You know, get um, get Goudreau back off of uh, COVID protocol. You know what you got from Zabanajad and Strom. This team is looking very, very, very good. There is some a little inconsistency, but you know what? No offense to Alexander Georgiev. He's not Igor. 
You know, so the fact that the Rangers lost those games against Vegas and L.A., I'm not saying they would have won both of them if Shosturkin played, but he's got the ability more than a Kincaid or Georgiev to just steal a game, which he has done early in this season multiple times when the Rangers were trying to find their sea legs. Um, so he has been just tremendous for this team. The other storyline is Anthony Greco. Uh, this is a 28-year-old career minor leaguer, played in his second NHL game last night. He played a few years ago in Florida for a call-up, and he becomes just the second player in the history of the National Hockey League to be born and raised in Queens and play in the NHL. There's been tons, and I mean tons, of New Yorkers, but nobody from the borough of Queens, which is just crazy. And you've got to go back a long way. Dan Dorian was the last player from the borough of Queens, played four games in the mid-'80s with the Devils. He was from Astoria. So you got that storyline. I thought he played great. He was second on the team in shots on goal with five, and he was all over the net last night. Really, really good debut for him as a New York Ranger, and I think he'll get a chance to play uh, a a few more times this year and probably uh, be locked in to play coming up uh, on Saturday. I think Ryan Reeves will be eligible to come off possibly – uh, um, Julian Gauthier as well but usually you don't see a lot of changes after a victory so I'd like to see this kid get another chance to play uh, I thought he was tremendous uh, he, his dad who passed away in 2020 was a fireman was there at 9-11 died from a 9-11 um, illness which you know, was so sad and he talked about that so just a great story Anthony Greco playing in the National Hockey League last night and I hope he gets another crack when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there's a lot of good things. Sharks have their three-game losing streak snapped, or three-game winning streak snapped, excuse me, as the Rangers pick up a huge win. And they kind of stave off Pittsburgh a little bit because the Penguins have been just so hot winning 10 of the last 11. But among the many surprises last night, Pittsburgh gets thumped by uh, the Kings 6-2. to two, So the Rangers are able to pick up two more uh, games, uh, two more points on Pittsburgh. Kopitar, who had really been struggling as of late, picks up two goals. But, but the big deal in this one was the two goals in 10 seconds of the third period after Pittsburgh had tied the game early in the second, early in the third. So Pittsburgh loses. That's just one of the surprises. How about the Sabres beating the Predators in Nashville? How do you explain that? Skinner with two goals. He now has 13 on the year. The other surprise, the Blue Jackets putting a thumping on Carolina 6 to nothing. Frederick Anderson didn't have it in this one. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens makes 31 saves for the shutout. Chinnikoff with two goals for Columbus. That was a surprise as well. Just so many like shocking games. Uh, the Sens going to Calgary and beating the Flames 4-1. to Paul with two goals. He's back from injuries, number five and six on the year. Nobody expected that. Uh, so just a really surprising day. Crack and hang with the Blues, but Bushnevich gets the game winner in the uh, third period, his 14th of the year, so the Blues win that one. Islanders play for the first time since New Year's Day, a 3-2 victory over the Devils, and this was a tough one. Uh, the Islanders hadn't played in a long time. Devils just you know destroyed by COVID, but... Um, the Islanders came back from a one nothing deficit. Bailey ties it at one. Pellick gives the Islanders a lead. 
but then Bastion on the power play with his six ties the game at two. Looks like we're headed to overtime, but with less than five minutes to play, Matthew Barzell gets his seventh, and the Islanders get a much-needed win, just a much-needed game for them to finally get a chance to play, and they pick up the win. Bruins 3-2 over the Flyers. Flyers are in a ton of trouble, but give them credit for hanging in there. The Bruins, though, get the natural or the hat trick, all three goals belonging to Pasternak, not in a row in the game, but in the row for Boston, numbers 14, 15, and 16. So Boston getting Tukarask back. He plays, gets the win. So Boston now becomes a really interesting piece to this Eastern Conference, right? Because they were kind of wallowing around. You knew they were going to be a playoff team, but where exactly would they finish? Because you look at this East, and it's tight. We talked about this on Wednesday. Who is making the playoffs that's on the outside looking in right now? Again, you could say the Islanders because they've got so many games in hand. But Boston, with that win, now stretches their lead to seven over Detroit, not just uh, for the wild card, but for um, trying to finish in the top three in the division. Toronto's got that third spot with 49. So Boston is um, uh, five points back at Toronto with a game in hand. But really, uh, I think you could make the case that we're set here with our um, with our eight playoff teams in the Eastern Conference, unless, again, the Islanders get hot with all the games in hand that they have. But where do the Islanders go? That was their 29th game last night, 28 points. So what do they have? Five games in hand on Boston. That's 10 points. That would put them still behind Boston. That would give them 38 points if they won them all, and that would still put them significantly behind Boston for the final wild card spot. You know, we're talking about 16 points. They'd still be six points back if they won all their games in hand on Boston. If you want to try to climb, if you are the Islanders to the first wild card, Pittsburgh's got 47 points, okay? 19 more points than you. And you have seven games in hand on them. So even if you win all your games in hand, you're still five back of Pittsburgh. And then you want to look at Washington for the third spot. Well, that's 49 points. So you're you're 21 points back of Washington. And as far as the games are in hand in, you've got eight games in hand. So you win all those. It's 16. You're still behind. So the Islanders really have dug themselves a hole where they're going to have to play some wicked hockey down the stretch and just hope somebody you know hits a rut here. But when you look at the teams that are in the playoffs right now, Again, the Rangers are a surprise. First place in the Metropolitan Division with 52 points, but still four more games played than Carolina. What team is going to fall out to get the Islanders in? Because Tampa and Florida are legit. I think Toronto is an excellent team. Rangers, Carolina, Washington, not going anywhere, even though Washington struggled with only four wins in their last 10. However, they've gained points in seven of those 10. So... You might be locked in here, and we're only on January 14th. So I still give the Islanders hope because the game's in hand, and Luke will pull off a deal. But it just shows you the amount of work that's going to have to get done for this team to be able to find their way into the postseason. What a shame it would be, stricken by COVID delays. That was a team that I thought had an excellent chance to win the Stanley Cup. But let's not all think it's because of COVID, because they have not gotten a lot from their blue line. Barzell and Beauvillier were off to slow starts. Um, didn't get much from Parisi, didn't get much um, from Palmieri. So some of it's on their own, but certainly COVID did not help. So if you want to say it's 60%, you want to say it's 75%, whatever it is, still a lot of work for the Islanders to do, and some blame has to be placed on them. So without further ado, and it's going to be very, very difficult to figure it out, let's go with this week's Top 5. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Yeah! And let's start from the bottom. 
Number five. I am going to put the Colorado Avalanche in the top five. You can make the case that they're the best team in the NHL. They're 10th in the league, but they've only played 33 games, 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. I tweeted this out when I was watching them the other night in a game that they lost to Nashville. It's almost like watching the mid-'80s Edmonton Oilers. When this team is healthy, they get Landeskog back from COVID protocol. Rantanen, McKinnon, what McCarr is doing right now, just tremendous stuff. I've got Colorado at number five. Number four. Even though they had a disappointing night last night getting shut out, Carolina, to me, is still the best team in the Metropolitan Division. It deserves to be in the top five. I've got them at number four. Uh, Carolina, 7-2-1 and in their last ten, even with the stinker they put up last night against Columbus. This team gets the goaltending that they're getting. Uh, this, they're going to be very, very good. I love Carolina. I've got them at four. Number three. You know, Florida Panthers chugging along, a couple of wins in a row. Uh, they certainly are not off to the torrid pace they were, but think about it. They've got 53 points, which is second best in the National Hockey League. They've got three games in hand on Tampa, who's in first, two games in hand on the Rangers, who are third. So Florida, you can make the case, is also number one, but I've got them at number three. Number two. We'll see how long it can sustain, but I've got Pittsburgh at two because they've just been on an amazing, amazing run here. Again, the loss to the Los Angeles Kings notwithstanding. 10-game winning streak with They went 11 of 12 before last night's loss. Malkin jumps right back into the fold, starts scoring goals. Latang had a goal last night. He's been hot. They're getting uh, – Jari's been terrific in goal. He's going to the All-Star game representing the Metropolitan Division. I've got Pittsburgh at two. Number one. Yeah. And you just got to pay respect where respect is. There are teams that are having better seasons overall than Tampa. And the reason they're in first place is because they've played more games than anybody else with 39, the most in the Eastern Conference. But still, this team is stacked. Stamkos scored last night. Point scored last night uh, in their 4-2 uh, victory over the Vancouver Canucks. They're, they're the best team in the NHL. They really are. I mean, we can, we can qu- uh, quibble about where we should put them in the top five, but that team is just absolutely stacked. And they've had their share of injuries too and now a Kucherov back in the fold very very scary team he had three points the other night a couple of goals the night before that he is a very very good player and Tampa has an excellent chance to win a cup for a third consecutive time all right let's hear from you at Don LaGreca hashtag game misconduct let's start with Tim McHale and he says what did you make of Bobby Clark's comments, R.E. Ron Hextall? I think Philadelphia has not only drafted poorly, but also mishandled their prospects in recent years. Taking Patrick seven, second overall in 17 is so hard to recover from. Yeah, listen, Philadelphia, what have they gotten from the draft? The, 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 the good players that they have are starting to get older. You can't rely on Giroux every single night. Konecki's a nice player, but... It, it's falling apart. Carter Hart, we've been waiting on him. I know a lot of people were critical of Ron Hextall when he was there of not promoting Carter Hart sooner, but I think we're starting to see why it took so long. Young goaltenders take time to mature. I think he's going to be okay. But you look in recent years, you know, what happened to Gostaspare? That never worked out. You know, we're just waiting for players to emerge, and they just have it. And you're so right with Patrick. I mean, listen, he had the concussion issues early on, but I remember talking to somebody going into the draft when because remember the Devils drafted Heeshear before Nolan Patrick and people seem to think that listen Heeshear's the guy he really is I know there were some people in Philly that were trying to make the case that you could have flipped a coin and listen Heeshear is not tore it up either in New Jersey he's had his history with problems as far as injuries are concerned but at least he's still with the team that drafted him 
But Philadelphia is a mess, and, and you can't really – I mean, listen, Ron Hextall is a really, really good general manager, I think, but there's been just so many mistakes overall, not just him, so many other places that has been a major, major problem. Chicken McDougal says, COVID situation is making for the most lopsided betting odds I've ever seen in hockey. Tonight's abs are minus 600 favorites over Arizona. Hard to decide whether it's just stay away from betting for a while or join the fray. Underdogs cashing out big last night. Yeah, I mentioned that too. I just couldn't believe some of the upsets. And listen, I had a three-leg parlay the other night in which I I, I thought that you could get uh, really good value parlaying three games. And I had Boston beating Montreal, which happened. I had the Stars beating the Kraken, which happened. And I had the Leafs beating the Coyotes, and that didn't happen. Arizona won 2-1. Why? Because Arizona's goaltender stood on his head. Uh, Toronto had 45 shots on goal. That's the X factor, too, because you look at these odds and, like, listen, a great goaltender can just change everything. But I've had a tough year. I think everybody's had a really uh, tough year as well. It's so very difficult to figure out what to do, not just with COVID. Plus, you make a bet, right, and you find out before face-off that maybe one of the best players is out. You know, we found out just before the game that Alexei Lafreniere was in COVID protocol uh, for the Rangers. And then uh, a couple of nights before that, Ryan Reeves was a last second. So you make these bets. I mean, you almost have to make the bet like before the puck drops because if you make a bet like earlier in the day, because you might feel like you'll forget if you don't make it. It might be a huge mistake because not only might the odds change, but you might end up losing a player that would make you want to stay away from that game uh, to begin with. Relic says, um, let's see if we've got the continuation here with his tweets. We do, so I want to start from the beginning. Uh, He says, hey, Don LaGreca, some fans have blamed the recent slide on, talking about the Rangers, on the... um, Loss of Igor, temporary loss of Igor and the playing of Georgie. Totally disagree. Yes, Igor has been ungodly at times, but Georgie is a very good goalie. We need to be better at five on five and adjust our game as needed to win consistently, especially against the better teams. It's great to have elite goaltending, but I don't believe you can rely on it nightly or you'll get burned as teams regress to the mean. What do you think? Have a great, uh, great to have you back, uh, game misconduct. Here's the problem with the Rangers that if you if you're if you're scared of the Rangers long term, here's the stat that has to worry you. They're minus 1 5 on 5. And that's a huge indicator that maybe over the long term you may not be as high in the standings over time. This is still as much as it's a special teams league, you got to be good at special teams. They're fourth they're fourth on the penalty kill. They're in the top ten on, on the power play. But you got to do better five-on-five. Five. And they did get a couple of five-on-five five goals last night. Or actually, if you think about it, I think, it was, I think they're still minus two because the one goal was with the empty net, and then they had the shorthanded goal. So they still need to play better five-on-five. Five. You, you've got to be in the plus category, significantly so, if you're going to win in this league. So they've got to be better five-on-five. Five. And I'm with you. Georgiev is a good goaltender, but he's a backup goaltender. And I think they might steal a couple more games with a healthy Igor. Um, I think maybe they win one of those games against Vegas or L.A. if if, uh, Georgiev didn't play. And again, that's not to knock Georgie because he is a backup goaltender. That's going to happen. But you're so right, relying on Shesterkin. A lot of that happened early in the season. Rangers got off to a great start. I think they won seven of their first ten games, basically behind outstanding goaltending for Shesterkin. They played much better since then overall, but... Hey, goaltending is important, but you can't rely on it that much. You'd like to see them be a little better. And 
It's great to score on the power play. It's great to kill penalties. I think they got five shorthanded goals now. Um, but need to be a little bit more consistent with Panarin. Zabanajad's very streaky. And you can't really blame COVID because, listen, COVID's hit everybody. You know, so we can't get that crazy about it because, I, a matter of fact, if you look at COVID overall, I think the Rangers have actually handled it uh, pretty well because I don't think they've been ultra devastated by it, and their record is actually pretty good uh, after losing some of the players. Um, so you look at who they lost on this road trip, and yet they still have a chance to go three and uh, two in the five-game road trip without without their coach probably for the last three games of the road trip because Gallant has been in COVID protocol. No Lafreniere for a game here. No Ryan Reeves for three games. No Barkley Goudreau for three games. No Julian Gauthier for three games. And these may not be big names to the average hockey fan, but they're really important pieces to the Rangers. But I said it to Dave. Uh, you know, you don't feel good until you just drop the puck, right? And like we talk about tomorrow, not prom- promised to anyone. It's certainly not promised to any NHL team with the COVID situation. It does look like things are starting to get a little bit better around the country. We might be in some areas of the country peaking with the new variant, which might mean in the next couple of weeks we'll see less positive tests and all that. So we might be getting a little closer, but still, two weeks, you know, that's that's eight games for some teams, depending on what your schedule is. So a lot to have to, to deal with. So uh, we went from a very, very busy night in the National Hockey League to a rather slow one here on a Friday. So let's give you an idea of what's going on. We do have just the one postponement. That's the Vegas-Edmonton game. But we have three games, 7 o'clock, Stars and Panthers from Florida. At 8 o'clock, the Wild playing host of the Ducks. Ducks coming back down to earth a little bit. And as the guy who tweeted before, the Coyotes and the Avalanche in Colorado. That's a very, very tough spot uh, for the Coyotes. I will be on the call for the Rangers and the Flyers. uh, That'll be tomorrow. And that game can be heard on 10.50 a.m. with coverage beginning with Dan Grossa at 6.30. I'll have the call with Dave coming up at 7 o'clock. Monday should be a pretty big day, right? Hopefully we'll have E.J. Raddick recap the weekend and get closer and closer to the second half of January and start to see where we're going here in the National Hockey League as we're creeping up to the midway point of the season. So we'll talk to you again on Monday. Want to get in touch with me at Don LaGreca. Hashtag Game Misconduct. Talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.